Greetings from the center of Canada and welcome to the Fringe Faithful Collective. My name is Mike Powell and this is article episode number 14 entitled Overwatch, which is part of a special series dedicated to the unboxing of songs on the 2019 concept album Lunacy and the Second Naivete. The song Overwatch has three specific points of inspiration, a bass loop from Germany, something my daughter once said to me, and my personal experience of divine silence and inactivity. Musically, it began with a three-second file that had been uploaded by someone in Dresden to one of the royalty-free sites that I sometimes use to source drum effects. This 11-note sequence provided me with the skeletal structure of the track that I built upon, with four drum loops, an additional bass part, two electric guitars, an acoustic guitar, and two vocals. When I used to write songs, I would often do so exclusively on my acoustic, adding other elements during the recording process. However, the entire Lunacy album began with selecting drum tracks that I liked and building on top of them. In the case of Overwatch, I started with a computer program to map out all of the looped tracks, which I then transferred to my digital recorder. This was the first time I tried something like this, as I typically lay out the drums blindly by employing the copy-paste function on my Tascam. But I'm pleased with how it turned out, and there's definitely an advantage to being able to see the audio one is working with when producing. As for what my daughter said, I can't recall what exactly we were talking about beforehand, but about a year ago I mentioned there was something that had happened before she was born. In response, she matter-of-factly asked, So it was when I was dead? Hearing the perspective of children is always amusing, but more than this, what kids reveal via their developing, unfiltered view of the world is how much we as adults attempt to circumnavigate death, though it's the one and only certainty inherent to life. Dying is understandably feared and shunned. And I get why people don't even want to acknowledge mortality as the inevitability that it is. It's so final. Unless, of course, one has found comfort in what can only be described as unconfirmably hypothetical. In other words, some version of an immortality of the soul idea. An after-beyond, as I refer to it in the song Destroy the Moon. Or heaven, as most Christians call it. I really would like to believe that something better is ahead that I'll be able to see lost loved ones again, and that all the wrongs we've experienced will one day somehow be made right. But why is it that there's no version of what we each suppose to be next, if anything, that matches? And no matter how much we convince ourselves that there must be more, or have been persuaded that we're special recipients and bearers of otherworldly revelation, how is it that no one can come to an agreement on anything regarding the specific details of life's meaning, redemption, perdition, etc., especially among Christians? It's problematic. This is one concept that the song Overwatch seeks to explore, namely whether it's more or less believable that we simply cease to exist when we die, in the same way that we never existed before we were conceived. It's like what Ricky Gervais once said while on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. People on Twitter, they know I'm an atheist, and they say things like, what's it like after you die? And I go, what was it like the 13 and a half billion years before you were born? It's probably like that. I think we're like tourists. We didn't exist for 13 and a half billion years, then we've got like 80 or 90 years if we're lucky, and then we go back to never existing again. So you've got to make the most of it. It's amazing, life. It's brilliant. There's so much to live for, but then you die. Obviously, this perspective of oblivion doesn't sync with a good number within Christianity because of the central tenet of resurrection. Though it is interesting to point out that the Hebrew Bible itself, which forms over three quarters of the church's canon of scripture, does not have a developed view of an afterlife. 
Couple this with the myriad of undeniably subjective, conjectural, and incompatible ideas that have existed across history and cultures, both within and outside of the Church, and it becomes transparent that things are anything but clear with respect to what happens when we die. As an aside, I wonder whether people would make better use of their time and be more loving if they believed they will cease to exist upon death, as opposed to forever seeking to prove oneself right and always having ulterior motives for being kind. Who knows? I could be mistaken. Nevertheless, this extreme ambiguity surrounding what might lie beyond death is only a symptom of a much deeper issue. Because whether or not there is a heaven after we die is irrelevant if, during our life, God has been experienced as unreachable, unresponsive, or not with us. With conviction, self-identified Trinitarian Christians would argue that such a view is untrue. After all, God was and or is with us in the person of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, right? But every time I have attempted to understand and encounter what that actually means, or have heard other people struggle to explain God's imminence, accessibility, or manner of speaking to us, it just sounds to me like a whole lot of speculation, projection, and excuse-making. And I just don't get how other people don't see it. Or maybe they do, but they're in denial. What's more, it seems that a good number of Christians forget or downplay all of the places in the Bible where God's proximity or availability is directly questioned. Accordingly, if Christomonists like this were to take such texts more seriously, what I'm about to say next wouldn't appear as sacrilegious or heretical as they might assume it to be. Specifically, the song Overwatch is a deliberation regarding the personal nature of God. To start, any theist would surely agree that God is not person in the same way that we are. Otherwise, direct, apprehensible, two-way communication should be a common occurrence. In other words, at the very least, if we as people were to say something to God as a person, God would have the response-ability and response-ability to say something back. For instance, if you were God, and I sent you a message, not responding to me would reasonably demonstrate indifference, disregard, inattentiveness, or neglect. But perhaps that's not the case. It could be that you just didn't get my message. Whatever the reason for not replying, though, a person's experience of not hearing back is going to be the same. I guess one could then reflect upon what's worse. One, that someone received our message but didn't care to respond. Or, two, that someone never received our message. In other words, does God not care? Or is God, for whatever reason, not there or somehow unable to respond? Of these two options, the latter is only slightly less disheartening than the other. In the end, irrespective of how we attempt to reconcile God not returning our calls, what Overwatch concludes is that both perspectives of divine unresponsiveness are equivalent to putting a do not disturb sign on the door. It's like what the psalmist said, Why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Or, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but find no rest. That's what it's felt like for me these past number of years. And while I've typically told myself and been encouraged by others to counter such hopelessness with faith or trust, constantly reaching out to someone who never noticeably or verifiably speaks or acts in real time is frustrating, upsetting, and bloody exhausting. And that's where the song ends. 
with a scream, no less, because abandonment, whether actual or merely perceived, necessitates a response. Like that moment when Jesus cried out, Why have you forsaken me? That is what Overwatch is all about. Next time on the Fringe Faithful Collective, the song Attention Payment that was originally written in 2009 and could be said to contain the DNA of the whole Lunacy album. Until then, here is Overwatch, which you can freely download or stream anytime at soundcloud.com. Peace and love, sisters and brothers. Flashing D&D &D and the door is closed